Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. I, did I, because I didn't say, okay, we're about to clap, you, you got the three, two, one clap. That's like the the bands, like you know this, like the yeah. bands that can like just start a song without count off because they just know, like everybody yeah. just knows. Yeah, yeah you, just, you just, they're just there to, to clap. Yeah, yeah, right. What's going on here? Why don't I see? I guess maybe I hadn't actually started watching. There we go. I was trying to find why I couldn't see the uh, the chat. Oh, basically, I'm I'm struggling. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Caleb, are you okay? I'm okay. Hey, buddy, buddy, you okay? Hey, yeah. My desk is the uh, the cleanest it's been in a long time. Now, mind you, oh. just below my desk is still a bit of a uh, an explosion of the things that I took off of it. Uh, but <laughs> so basically, you took everything and just shoved it under your bed. You, kind of, you yeah. cleaned your room like a child. <laughs> well, I had the uh, the monitor riser for that little like twenty one inch monitor that I've been using. I had a riser for that, so I put the monitor in the in the cupboard, uh, in, in the, the cupboard. in the closet over here, that mirror door that you can kind of see. Uh, yep. Put it in there, yep. and I just took the riser and put it next to my desk and put all the random loose shit on top of it until I can like slowly go through and figure out. Do I throw away? Do I keep? You know, do I just put in a, a drawer somewhere? But uh, you know, it's actually not as bad as it as it could be. I got I got most of it done yesterday. So I got a oh, not yesterday Friday. Uh, I got this brand new monitor. Uh, I got with my my uh, stipend from work. Uh, I got a an ultra wide, which I fully admit makes me a hypocrite because I have said so many times how much I don't like these and how. Like there's, it's too big. You can't actually use the whole screen at once and it hurts my neck. And all of those things are still true. (laughs) But in fact, like within like five minutes of setting it up, I was like, oh God, my neck already hurts from having to turn so fucking far to see everything. (laughs) Uh, But the the work that I'm going to be doing uh, definitely benefits from having a shit ton of things on screen all at once. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to experiment with it and... In the process, as as you've noticed, Michael, because you helped me you know, get it set up and do some troubleshooting earlier, I have a brand new camera. Yeah. yeah. So it does nothing to help how shit the lighting is in this room, but <laughs> it's definitely a crisper image. 
And so uh, this is not a, a paid promotion for the Razer Kio uh, USB web camera, but it could be. But it could be. <laughs> I mean, I uh, all of my uh, keyboard and mouse equipment are all Razer. I have a mat, uh, a keyboard, and a mouse. They're all Razer. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, well, I, yeah. I figured since I, I play a, a, a couple of video games now that I should probably own something by Razer. I think that that's, I think I think that's the law. It is. There is a yeah. It's like those terms and conditions you don't ever like read. It's in there. Like when you buy a video game, it's like oh, by the way, you you have to buy something made by Razer. And you're like oh shit, you're right. Yeah, I just yeah. I think that's what Occam's Razor actually means. Because <laughs> it's spelled R A Z E R. Oh, that's pretty fantastic. You know, uh, um, there's been a lot of TV news this yeah. past week. Well, so uh, we're recording. Now, yeah, we're recording. We're week, recording so now. We're recording now. <laughs> so when is the? No, when that was, was then. This when will then now. become now? Soon. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So last week, two big things. So one, I'm not going to spoil it in any way. Mm. But Midnight Mass was probably my favorite show that came out this entire year. I am very much looking forward to watching it. I I love the creative team behind the the haunting series, and I. I uh, I understand that uh, Midnight Mass is not part of the haunting anthology, but right. a lot of this, you know, some of the same cast members, the same showrunner, and whatnot. So I fully anticipate it's going to be amazing. I'm probably going to have to reserve watching it for my upcoming trip uh, because, although Ellen didn't seem entirely uninterested. Uh, in fact, uh, yesterday I put something on and she wasn't paying attention for like 20 minutes or so because she, I had mentioned midnight mass and wanting to watch it and then i put this on so she thought that i just put it on so it seems that maybe i could watch it with her around but totally i know that she wouldn't even like at at, at best she just wouldn't pay attention so like what's the point right i uh it was really good so speaking of the cast so uh um uh, the same guy mike flanagan did uh the haunting of bly manor mm -hmm. um which had raul coley in it um who is who great I, uh fucking love he uh i i the first i had ever heard of him was from the show i zombie which i loved i zombie okay i thought it was a really good show it was a cw show it had probably one of the dopest intro songs i've ever heard in my life um and he's great in it and then, you know, he's in uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and mm -hmm. he's great in that. And then he is in this, and he plays a Muslim sheriff in a uh, basically a very shut-off island that is heavily religious, like mm -hmm. heavily Christian religious. Um, and it's just great because there's like, there's a few, so these are not spoiler things. These are just like other things that happen in the movie, in the series. But like, he's the only, him and his son are the only Muslims on the island. Like, they're the only one not in this church, you know, mm -hmm. in the church that goes to the island. And there's this really great scene where one of the, um, you know, one of the church ladies who works at the school, because again, there's only like 130 people on the island. Yeah. Um, she's handing out Bibles to everyone in the school. And so his son, his Muslim son comes home with a Bible and he's like, what the fuck is this shit? And he goes to the school. They have this parent teacher meet, you know, like a, a like a PTA meeting. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, like, that's great. I respect you know, I respect this town. Like he just moved there as the sheriff and he's like, yeah, I respect this town. And I, you know, I, you know, I love that you guys are very big on community with your church. He's like, but that's for your church, not for my public school. Like don't hand out Bibles to my public school. And I'm like, oh boy, mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm uh, so far it's been so good, but like I will be that guy that goes to the school and they'll be like, 
if you ever, yes, ever mention Jesus to my child, <laughs> that's not in the context of historically, these are the things that happened in reference to people who believe in Jesus. Or, or if will... you're uh, a 14,000 year old uh, caveman who was Jesus. <laughs> right, right. Or unless it's, you know, about some historical figure named Jesus, <laughs> then we're fine. We're fine. You want to talk about the Crusades? Go for it. But the minute you start handing out Bibles, I will, uh, no pun intended, raise hell. <laughs> but that being said, Midnight Mass is just an absolute great show, uh, and I highly recommend it. And if you can, do not read anything about it. Nothing. Yeah. Read I, literally nothing. Avoid even the tra the trailers are great. They don't show anything, but even that, don't even watch them. Just watch the show. The little bit that I got from the trailer and the one like this show is coming. This is the basics of what it's about. Thing yeah. that I read like a couple months ago, whatever. Uh, really makes it feel like kind of a classic Stephen King, like small isolated town and shit goes entirely wrong sort of uh, <laughs> scenario. And those I, are my I, favorite kind. I'm very excited for it. <laughs> and uh, uh, speaking of very small towns where shit go incredibly wrong, uh, not related to this film, but hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Veit. <laughs> Forgot what movie we were doing. <laughs> and I've come from the future to warn you not to start this podcast. Uh... Remember. Oh, God, I'm too late. <laughs> I So... Uh... Uh, I forgot what it is, but I used this quote for a really long time in profiles all the time. Mm -hmm. And my quote was, if it really was a bad idea, I would have traveled back in time to stop myself. And I think that that's a good, that's a good way to live. Like if yeah. you're about to do something wild, if you don't come back in time to stop you, mm -hmm. well, it couldn't have been that bad an idea. Yeah. No, it, it, it all works out in the end. It's fine. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, we are beginning a, a very special time. <laughs> The most wonderful time of the year. Uh, and that, of course, is the, the month in which my birthday occurs. <laughs> correct, correct. Uh, we are beginning here the, the month of October with something that I am uh, lovingly dubbing Nahoit Presents a very mostly Huluween. <laughs> it's just a beautiful it's just a perfect it's a perfect name it's yeah. a perfect name uh, so uh i have curated for you five picks because uh october has has five sundays in it uh it's which uh, made me very excited when i realized uh five picks that i think are, are going to be just extra special for your your fall spooky season uh some movies that i i think will will push the boundaries of this this should have been you know a home run and it was full of errors or you know there's no way this could possibly have been good but it's amazing i think we're going to see a lot of that this month from the the picks that i, I found uh and yeah. four of the five as the name implies are streaming on hulu currently so hopefully they continue to be that way throughout the the month of october so you can watch along the fifth one which as you know if you're uh, if you've been listening for any length of time the fifth movie, this is, this is our countdown to episode 200, and yeah. uh, I'm bringing you, we'll, we're bringing it back to Tubi for that because we have to. It's a very special you know, 200th episode, right. uh, but I'm also, have, I've, I've chosen probably the most batshit insane movie that I've seen a trailer for in a very long time. Someone shared it to me, uh, my buddy Adam uh, shared it to me, and just, just one word, 
dude. <laughs> so I watched the trailer and and I don't want to spoil anything yet. We'll 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 make the reveal later on in the month. Uh, but I'm incredibly excited for that. But we are kicking off uh Nohoi presents a very mostly Huluween with a film that uh, you may recall uh, a few weeks back I mentioned when uh, I selected boss level to end out last month. Uh, Hulu gave me some really interesting, you may also like, suggestions. And one of them had a very cosmic horror-esque uh, movie poster that drew me in. Uh, and then I saw the words Miskatonic University in the description and said, <laughs> that's enough. I didn't that's- even watch the trailer until yesterday, and I watched the movie this morning. So I went in totally, totally unawares uh, with only the knowledge that this is somehow related to the the cosmic horror uh, writings of H.P. Lovecraft uh, and involves Miskatonic University and possibly time travel. And you know we love a time travel story here. We do. Uh, uh, too bad this one isn't one. This this <laughs> mo- so we're talking about the movie Intersect, which is you know as we mentioned available on Hulu. Um, this this movie was probably the worst episode of Stargate I ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, how dare you? <laughs> it's this movie was fucking. It was a movie. Oh my god! This, so <laughs> this is one that I will say sits right in that category of like there, it, this should have been a like a sure bet. Like this should have been incredible, it's, and it could have been. They set up this perfect simple plot, and then they just never did it. The whole fucking movie. It's. <laughs> There, there's stuff to unpack here, but uh, yeah. So th- this movie is set in the the fictional, uh, vaguely spooky uh, New England area uh, that is often written about in such uh, works as like Stephen King, uh, yep. as we mentioned earlier. But uh, really, going back to like Poe and Lovecraft, these like old old horror writers. Um, which again, I'm going to I'm going to try not to repeat his name too often because I don't want to give him more credit than he deserves. But he was influential despite being a horrendous person. Uh, yeah, uh, and they uh, and another uh, author, so H.G. Wells, they they specifically bring up uh, Time Machine yeah. uh, in this, um, which I was like, cool. So this is going to be like an homage to Time Machine, but like not because like is. they had the material there they could have just gone with the plot of time and they just missed they just yeah there is also at least one other nod there's probably more that i didn't catch but at least one other nod that i appreciated one of the uh, characters that they mentioned kind of in passing last name is matheson uh, as in richard matheson the writer of i am legend and terror at Thirty Thousand feet etc etc uh mm. so that's uh, I mean, I guess. Uh, and uh, so the main character, one of the main characters' uh, names is Nate Beaumont. Okay. Um, and uh, that's obviously referencing Skunky Beaumont, uh, the famous always missing student from the Nickelodeon show Doug. <laughs> um, so that is, uh, you know, so there's just there's just a lot of historical references in in this movie, is what we're saying. But the most important part about that character. So the character's name is Nate Beaumont, but the actor's name is Abe, Abe Ruthless. Ruthless. His what name a great name! Abe Ruthless. So what Abe Ruthless name. 
has one of two jobs. He is either uh, the lead singer of an 80s punk band uh-huh. um, or uh, he is a porn star. There is no other... <laughs> <laughs> he is he is one or the like Abe Ruthless. Yes, I know he's an actor, but like Abe Ruthless is not the name of somebody who goes into accounting. Like that's the name of somebody who goes and does something, you know, fucking hardcore. Um, it's like in this case, act in bad movies. Like I, it almost feels like it's supposed to be a parody in and of itself of Babe Ruth. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sure it is. Uh, but like, I think like Babe Ruthless, he was probably like, oh, I would I would name myself Babe Ruthless, but that's like every roller derby girl I know. So I, I picture Abe Ruthless as being like a cigar chomping, like tank top wearing bazooka toting uh, military guy from a video game, like right. a really over the top sort of. Like, we need more explosions, son. <laughs> Mom, I unlocked Abe Ruthless as a character. <laughs> I, I can't I can't come down for dinner right now. <laughs> I just got Abe Ruthless. <laughs> you can't pause in video games anymore. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is really a problem, honestly. It really people, is a problem. You, you, you can't lie. You can't stop the progression. People are just popping in and out like it's not like yeah. What's uh, although I do like that in Genshin Impact, you can actually do it by bringing up the map. It does pause the game, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, but that's about it. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? You're lost, aren't you? No, I am. My mom. Uh, uh, my mom just texted me something, and uh, I was like, "What?" Because it, it looks like a scam, and I think my mom got sent a text scam. Uh, to be like, mom, don't click. Oh, no. Uh, um, if you need to take care of that. No, I just actually <laughs> like, don't click. It's a scam. Um, all right. So, so Intersect is a really interesting movie uh, because there's a lot, there is a lot to unpack in this movie, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole idea with Intersect, the, the plot of Intersect as described and as you think it is, like the movie starts off implying that this is the plot. It's basically three scientists who are clearly friends. You know, they, they clearly aren't just like coworkers, like they've known each other for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, uh, they have uh, basically created time travel right they've unlocked uh the idea of time travel and uh the movie kicks right off the bat where um essentially what happens is is we hear that somebody is at their lab and is about to blow themselves up because they're an you know a religious nut and they're like anti-science or whatever and so you know the main two characters uh who is nate and cynthia uh kate Kate, Nate, 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 Kate, and Ryan. Nate, Kate, and Ryan. So, um, so it's Ryan and Kate are in bed together, and uh, they're like, "Oh shit!" Like, you know, we gotta go, we gotta go. They run off to the place, you know, to the lab. They see the guy with the uh, with the bomb on his thing, and then, like most bad movies do, uh, it completely jumps to a completely other uh, part of time with no real indicators as to where we are in relative relative to time. That's kind of the biggest issue that I have that I'll, I'll say right away with this film is that it does the nonlinear storytelling thing, which in and of itself is kind of cool, especially if there's time travel involved at all. It sure. it's interesting as long as you can you know as long as you can keep your continuity straight. It's interesting and, you know, it's, it's not unique or, you know, new, but like, fine, right. do it. But yeah. 
like give us some sort of clue to what's happening because they make like long jumps like for like 13 years and then they'll make ones that are like maybe you know six months or a year or whatnot so the setting looks the same that you know you're seeing younger versions of the character they look exactly the same but you have to pick up through context clues that they've actually moved further back and they're showing you like a different scene a different part of their childhood like and so we get you know, we, we see, we start with results or, you know, we kind of like end result, whatever consequence, and then we slowly get backstory and then motivation and then like more backstory and whatnot. But it's it, it, like, you have to spend too much effort as the, uh, as the watcher to, to piece it together. Yeah. You know, and that was my thing is I think in concept, uh, you know, as much as, as much as it's almost become cliche for these sort of time travel movies to be like, here's the end. Now, how did it begin? Now we're going to go back further, whatever. And I guess it was cool. My issue with it, you know, as you said, is that there was no indicators as to how we were going back. And I, I appreciate that they were trying to let the audience be like, oh, oh, that's how blah, blah, blah. But the fact that the movie was so poorly written mm -hmm. and the plot, they threw in an entire element that just didn't need to be in this whole plot. Like they there is one complete aspect that it was either like either lean into it completely or just scrap it all together and we'll get to that uh, yeah. eventually but that one aspect throws off the entire better plot of the movie that you're like wait what the fuck because it in in practice like if i if i took out that part yeah and just you know start to finish explain to you which we'll, we'll probably should just do it that way yeah. just start to finish you know the way things work you're gonna be like oh this sounds like a great time travel movie. I mean, it's a very standard time travel movie, but this sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. And then I'm like, yes, but then there's also, and you're going to be like, wait, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. And you're like, yes, I know why. So as you mentioned, yeah, go ahead. I would say the, uh, for anyone who does end up uh, wanting to watch this movie, uh, one thing I can recommend is utilize the captions because that's yes. a big part of how I was able to tell when they were trying to say that you know something is happening because yet there's a little bit of visual distortion to imply like oh we're moving we're yeah. we're shifting focus uh but in the captions it would say something like flashback sounds intensify or whatever and right. I'm like okay so we're having a flashback now gotcha and then it'd be like flash forward sounds i'm like okay i didn't know flashing forward made a sound but like go with it uh, sounds good yeah so let's fucking do it that's the best uh indicator that that you can get of like we're shifting in time is watching for those captions because the the movie itself doesn't give it to you yeah. So, so as we mentioned, the film starts off with, uh, you know, the two, two of the three main characters, uh, uh, Kate and Ryan, you know, they're laying in bed, they're, you know, having their couples moment. They get the call about the bomb. They rush down. Um, uh, Ryan, you know, slips past the cops who are, are just doing a terrible fucking job mm -hmm. at blocking this thing. And like, eventually he gets into the building and they're like, well, oh, well, and they just like, don't do anything about it. And then eventually a cop comes in but anyways so we get to the point you know we see the bomber guy and he's like no what are you doing blah and then it cuts back and now we're back to the moment when the three scientists so now we're joined by nate who is the rock star of the group and you can tell that because he has tattoos <laughs> that's how you know he's cool um and basically it's them you know figuring out time travel now here's my issue with the way they display time travel how exactly 
is what they're doing proved as time travel. Because what they do is they put an object on a belt, on a thing. They send the object in time and then it comes right back and they're like, time travel. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no like indicator that time has actually passed. Like we don't show the object gaining an age. They do, they do a thing later with Nate. Well, but, like they, they send the hourglass through into time, but when it comes back, it's in the exact same position as it was. So it's not like there's no indicator to be like, look, time to me, it just looks like it's going, it's just traveling somewhere like physically. There's a little bit of suspension of disbelief involved when they say we're going to set the, the machine to send this object forward 10 seconds and then they wait exactly 10 seconds and the thing comes back out. So right. it's like, you know, it's, it's very early stages. So they're, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, we're going to send it, you know, 300 years in the future because they'll never be able to fucking prove it. They have to have, you know, start with a, a measurable quantity and presumably they would, you know, ramp it up further after that. But, you know, they, they have perfected being able to send inanimate objects 10 seconds into the future. Um, you know, the, but, uh, the, you could say like, oh, it just it goes somewhere and then just waits 10 seconds and pops out. But as far as we're concerned, that's still time travel. But I mean, but they can't prove that it's traveling through time and maybe not just going to like another dimension the, or the machinery, like teleporting, you know, the, the Jarvis of the whole thing, uh, you know, system 42 or whatever the hell they're, they're calling it. Q 42. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, is, is measuring certain variables and they'd mentioned tachyons, which is a really great way to try to explain away the fact that they can measure that it you know passed through time because tachyons are time particles or whatever or whatever. So here, here's the other crazy thing about it is that the, uh, um, the, uh, person who does the voice of Q42 uh, was on Doctor Who. Uh, it's Richard Dawkins. Oh, uh, shit. Who, who is it? Yeah. So Richard Dawkins is the voice of Q42 in this movie. How they got him to do this movie, um, I mean, I do know, is the director. So the director of this movie is Gus Halwerda, and Gus Halwerda did a thing called The Unbelievers. It was a documentary um, about uh, Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Cross, um, who basically uh, go talk about the experience of the world. I mean, there's people like Woody Allen's in it, um, uh, Daniel C. Dennett's in it, uh, like Cameron Diaz, Ricky Gervais, uh, you know, Stephen Hawking, like uh, Werner Herzog. Like, there's this is a cool documentary. It absolutely is. Um, and was the precursor, well, not the precursor, but the kickoff to uh, having Gus be able to make Intersect. Hmm. Intersect was the next thing that he made or at least uh, finished and produced after this, uh, after that uh, documentary. But yeah, Richard Dawkins plays uh, Q42. That's a pretty impressive casting, really. Yeah, this which, is... speaking of Doctor Who, that's the other big TV news. Russell T. Davies coming back uh, to showrun Doctor Who. That is, uh, what, it's been like 12 years, 13 years, something like that? Yeah, he did uh, He did Eccleston in the first couple of years of Tenant, and yeah. then just went on to just write episodes throughout Moffat's time. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like, that's wild. That's wild. Well, that's going to be a crazy 2023. Curious to see if they go back to not being good. 
<laughs> it, it's a 50 50 uh, um, <laughs> i'm joking those those early episodes they are good but the quality absolutely gets better around season five like oh the, yeah 100 the overall production quality of the episodes as well as the writing in my opinion the writing uh, thing like that's that's subjective the 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 like actual quality of it is objective <laughs> so i would say russell t davies wrote some good episodes but as a showrunner i was not a fan yeah um so i'm excited to see what he writes but it's going to be weird to see what he does but anyways mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. for our other podcast dr whom um <laughs> <laughs> we giggle because it's funny as it's true um so uh anyways so now we've get you know now we get into the whole like how did we make time travel? So mm-hmm. we get a few moments of just the three of them, uh, Nate, Ryan, and Kate, uh, kind of doing stuff, you know, and they're they've got mice and they've got you know things they're sending through and they're trying to figure it out and they just can't get it exactly right or they do get it right but you know there's still like things to work out. And then we get our other jump where it jumps back and we learn of a character called Bill Marshall, um, who uh, is an older gentleman. Uh, you know, obviously he is some sort of uh, professor of mm-hmm. sorts. Um, and we see that he kind of acted as a mentor to the three. They make a reference to, you know, early on we get a reference to, to them being like, oh, we really miss Bill. We wish Bill was here for this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then we get a flashback to actually seeing Bill work with them on the initial idea of it. Um, they're sending a jar of marbles and then we see that Bill ends up having a heart attack, uh, basically. Which, um, couple of, uh, interesting details. First of all, did you catch the rat's names? Mm. Uh, Ruth, I think was one. I forgot. Edward and Bella. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) How long have you been 17? (laughs) A while. 10 seconds from the future uh but also the marbles the marbles are one of the the plot lines that really bothers me because early on just before um Chekhov's marbles Chekhov's marbles uh <laughs> early on just before ryan goes back to the lab to to discover that there's the bomb and blah 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 blah, blah you know he and caitlin had 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 their you know, morning pillow talk. I'm like, oh, why did we wait so long to do this? Oh, I was scared. And, you know, all that. Anyway, uh, Caitlin's gone. He's showered and he's getting ready to go into the lab. And he looks at uh, a jar and there's like three marbles in it. And the jar kind of shakes a little bit and one of them disappears. I'm like, okay, what? That's weird. But then like as we go, as we go back in time, there are progressively more marbles in the jar to the point where like when they first do this experiment... They drop a full jar of marbles through the uh, the portal, and it you know it comes out the other side, and then it lands on something soft. And then later, when uh, when Bill has uh, has this you know conveniently timed heart attack just as they they hit their pinnacle of success, uh, I think Ryan drops the jar and it shatters. So they collect all the marbles. They get a different jar. They put them in the jar, and they're like, "Boom! Celebrated! First objects to travel through time." Uh, but they just like steadily disappear and nobody says anything about it. Yeah. There's no reference to them, like the, to the marbles, uh, like disappearing and all the closest they come is, uh, Nate making a joke. Like people ask me if I lost my marbles, I bring them here. Yeah. Which the character of Nate can fuck right off. <laughs> uh, 
his entire character is, uh, I mean, look, scientists act all sorts of ways, right? Like, who am I to say what a scientist should act like? Mm -hmm. However, the character of Nate was so unbelievable as a scientist that it was annoying. Mm. Like, I get he's all cool and stuff like that. Like, he's supposed to be cool, but, like, he just, every time he was like, all right, dudes, we're going to fucking solve this. I'm like, you're, no. Like, you're not, you were not involved. Like, it's clear that Ryan and Kate are the ones doing all the work, and you're just like, all right, bitches, we done. Let's go slam a 40. We fucking did science. And I'm like, yeah, but, but like, he's the one who gets all the credit for it, which is super weird because the movie implies that Ryan is the one who solves it. Well, he, like, Nate seems to have this like big breakthrough and is like, oh, we can do it. Like, if we, if we change the numbers this way and you know, we add a couple of abstract equations, or, I don't know, some, some sciencey jargon bullshit. Uh, and like, that's how he ends up uh, being removed from the uh, from the picture. Is like he goes in drunk one night and decides that you know he's going to test with himself after they they failed with one of the rats, and he's like, no, I got this, and he locks himself in, and everyone's like, no, don't, and he goes in, and then ten seconds later, just a pool of blood. Yeah, just bits and pieces come spilling out. Uh, and. And at this moment, we start to get one of our big flashbacks uh, to uh, back to the time when uh, Ryan, Kate, and Nate are young. So before we go into that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Um, uh, while, you know, as we're kicking off to that, hey, thanks for listening, guys. This yeah. is a big month for us. So it really Caleb, is. Caleb turns 40. Mm-hmm. It's our 200th episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the the big uh, middle chunk of the funding cycle for the movie we're going to make, yeah. which I will tell you right now is going to be better than this movie. Period. Even if it's still a, even if we make a bad movie, it'll still be better than this movie. But. Mm-hmm. We still need your help with it. So there's an Indiegogo campaign down below. Uh, click the link, donate whatever you can, whether it's five bucks or $1 or, you know, a thousand, $10,000, great. Whatever you can donate, do that so we can make this movie, the short film Somnium, um, a really great sci-fi thriller that Caleb and I wrote. Uh, we are, you know, we're really excited about making it, but again, we need your help. And if you can't, uh, if you can't donate, share it. Share it uh, on your social media. Be like, hey, this podcast I listen to, they're making a movie, help them make it, and someone out there will be able to support the arts, uh, and specifically our arts. Yeah. 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 Arts and crots and baths. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so uh, there's that. And of course, uh, while you're listening, go ahead and leave a rating and review if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts. We super appreciate it. It's a very quick and easy thing you can do that helps us immensely. Um, and if you're not on Apple Podcasts, though, you can also head over to Podchaser or Good Pods. Those are both two um, podcast sites that kind of like show you new podcasts and stuff like that. Both kind of have their own niche. So mm-hmm, some people mm-hmm. use both. Um, Good Pods is probably more like average listener friendly. Podchaser is more of like, hey, I am also a podcaster, you're probably going to use Podchaser more than you would Good Pods or both. I don't know. I don't know your life. Do whatever you want. You know, I'm not yeah. your dad. We're not here to tell uh, you what to do. Right. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I might be your dad. Um, if so, go clean your room. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. 
Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well... Maybe, but the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. Looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod HeroCast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie. A classic of modern cinema? A certified stinker? It doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. Start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Hero Cast. It doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod Hero Cast. Be heroic. Hello and welcome back. So it is uh, 12 years in the past now, but you yes. would never know it unless I just told you. You know what? Like, or just, what is it, 15 years? 15 years in the past? It might be like 16 at this point because we know that there's a, there's a like 16-ish year time jump, then there's like a 13-year time jump, and like we're all the way back in like the, the mid, like early to mid-90s at one point. Yeah. Which if we go a little bit further back... And they give, like it could have been uh, our like we could have been in the story. We this could have been us. You never know. <laughs> this so, could, could have been us, but they were <laughs> playing, making a bad movie. <laughs> but they but they've been playing. Uh, so we um, yeah. So now we see uh, Ryan, Kate, and Nate as youngsters. Uh, they're thirteen-ish, uh, maybe. I don't know, give or take. Yeah, uh, we, a year. We know that uh, they're all roughly the same age, and we know that Ryan is older than twelve because we see his twelfth birthday happen as another flashback later, and right. we know that uh, a birthday happens for him uh, during this time period. So he's at least thirteen, is what yeah. we can extrapolate. That's that's a good yeah, that's a good indicator. So. At this point, there, there's so I mentioned earlier that there are two things that you could have just removed completely, yeah. and it would have been fine. Yeah, we're going to talk about one of the smaller ones right now, not the bigger one. Now. Oh, so not oh. the bigger one. We'll talk about one of the smaller ones. Um, so throughout this time that we're seeing Ryan as a young child, again, Ryan seems to be it, it kind of focuses on Ryan as the main character, but nobody ever really feels like the main character in this movie. And mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest problem I have with the movie is that there's no one to be like, oh, this person, I'm going to latch onto this person. There's no one person like that, but they still somehow managed to make Ryan like a, a chosen one trope at some point. Towards Which the is end. weird. Yeah. Like because only like, you can fix this. Right. Because Why? the first part of the movie makes it seem like Nate might be the guy. 
um, because he's the one like in front of everybody and making a big deal. It was really weird. But anyways, so one of those weird plot points that happens throughout this movie, when we travel back in time, we learned that um, we get sprinkles of this and then eventually in the end, we learn the whole spiel. Uh, Ryan's father was in some form of accident um, mm -hmm. that uh, made it so that he lost his life and it happened fairly recently. Mm -hmm. Let's say, you know, probably sh on or shortly before his 12th birthday. Well, it was definitely uh, after because, yeah, his I dad mean, was yep. in the video. So Because yep. he's watching the video, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I meant so on or after his 12th birthday, mm -hmm. uh, something happens with Ryan's dad and, uh, you know, Ryan's dad dies. Clearly, it's still very fresh. Ryan is still kind of weird about it. Like he's, you know, he's kind of a melancholy kid as you would be, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, when your dad, who was a good person, dies, um, uh, or any family member for that matter. Uh, but the other part about this that we learn is that, like, Ryan talks about missing his dad, but we learn that Ryan also had a sister, what? a little sister, who died at the same time, there, and he just forgot yeah. her. <laughs> so... Mm, I have I have thoughts on this. So they really they they tease it out a bunch um, because they keep looking at photographs and they focus on like specific areas of the photograph where there isn't someone implying that there should be someone there. Like the, he sees you know a copy of a family photo with like a big chunk of the corner torn out, like on his mom's nightstand, uh, and a time when he goes and just creeps on his mom for no reason. And it's really weird. Uh, but then he goes like up into the attic and is digging through the family photos and he sees the same photo with the corner intact, but there's no one there, but it's implying that there should be. And yeah, then, it's like pulsing around that area or something. Yeah. There's a couple other things like that where they, they, they focus on photos or objects or whatnot, implying that like someone is missing. And then, there's a weird point where the where his mom, Jill, uh, Ryan's mom, invites a therapist, a therapist of sorts. Oh, I, I, Doctor Matheson. Oh, you, right, right, right. You yep. remember Doctor Matheson from the church? So we don't know. Like he's he's a doctor of some sort, but is he like a Doctor Phil or is he like you know actually they a doctor just, of some sort? Do they just go to the same <laughs> church? Like yeah, uh, yeah. So he. Uh, he's, he's, you know, trying to get Michael to, to talk about it. He's like, he hands him a photo, a family photo. He's like, you know, what do you think of when you see this photo? He's like, you know, I guess I miss my dad. And he's like, is that, is that the only person that you miss in this photo? He's like, yeah, why, why would it be anyone else? And then, you know, there's the conversation that he overhears between his mother and, uh, and the, the doctor, you know, and his mother's like, you know, why, why would he not remember his own? And then they, they cut away. But there's just this whole weird thing where they just keep teasing it out and teasing it out. And then, like, later on, we see a scene where, like, he, um, you know, he, he's left in charge watching, I, I guess her name was Emma or something like that. Emma yeah, Lee. Yeah, his little sister. Yep. Um, and you know, the, the mom goes out uh, on the town that night and leaves him in charge. And they, they see someone creeping around the house. So he grabs a gun and the, the guy comes in and is like, we see, we know it's Nate somehow now, like years in the you know in the future from the past sort of thing. Uh, like the guy I met at the grocery store one time, who was yeah. me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like Ryan. I've come. I've been looking for you for thirteen years. I'm trying to warn you. You're going to invent a thing in the future, and you have to not do it. Remember. And Ryan's like, "Fuck you, dude. You're crazy," and shoots him. 
but right. somehow, like while uh, Nate's been holding the sister, you know, like hand over her mouth to you know stop her from screaming, uh, which really isn't helping anyone's case here. Uh, somehow she dies, and like we hear her like struggling and like yelling and stuff like that. There's no implication that like he's suffocating her. And like we don't see it, and like it's not like twisting and like snaps her neck or anything. Like it's just like he lets go, and like oh, oh no, she's dead. And like that was it. Like that was the big thing that they were making such a fuss over. And well, you know, obviously, you know, traumatic incident, but like it doesn't make any sense to the plot line. Well, and what the craziest thing about it is that so we have the character of Nate travels back in time, tells Ryan not to invent time travel, Mm -hmm. to which a few years later, Nate and Ryan meet up with Bill, the the professor, who his dying words are, you have to finish time travel. And he does, but like, Nate's Ray, like he never puts two and two together, like years later and be like, wait a minute, a dude that looked exactly fucking like you traveled back in time and told me not to invent time travel, and here I am standing with you inventing time travel. Duh. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and not in the cool fucking, uh, you know, whatever that Jake Gyllenhaal movie way. (laughs) It just doesn't fucking make sense. Here's where it gets even dumber. Uh, at one point we oh, see, here's where, it gets here's, here's where it gets even dumber. <laughs> we see at, at one point, again, nebulously 13th, 14th, 15th birthday, whatever the, the birthday that is mentioned, like in one of these flashback experiences, uh, Caitlin, who is obviously very sweet on Ryan gives him a gift and it's this weird globe necklace that when he opens it up, it's this shimmery kind of like very, very much like. This is ancient artifact from, you know, the elder gods that you don't fuck with sort of energy coming from this sure, thing. Sure. And he's like, oh, it's really cool. And, like, he, we find out, like, in that, you know, in, like, a couple of the, like, flash forward scenes, he's like, I never took it off. She's like, I can't believe you still have it. But we see that in several of the, the flashbacks just kind of, like, lurking in the background. We see it on Bill's desk at one point. And we see it, like, you know, all over. Uh, and... When he opens it up and looks at it, it swirls, but there's also a couple scenes where we see like it's like energy tendrils going to his eyes, which is all implying to me that this object, uh, and it's also keyed off uh, something that Caitlin says, you know, like hopefully this will help you remember, you know, the good things and forget the bad. And so it's implying that this object is tampering with his memory and removing these, you know, traumatic events from his memory so he doesn't remember at all that even has a sister, much less meeting Nate and Nate's, you know, warning, dire warnings about time travel and whatnot. So like, again, you didn't need the weird, creepy, like celestial mind control object. If you weren't going to fuck around with a you know, dead end plot line to begin with. Yeah. And so there's a bunch, Nate going back in time doesn't ever have any impact on them. Uh, traveling forward through time as far as they know in the future Nate is still is dead Uh, and then there's the the thing that you mentioned earlier where the you know the police which honestly all the things that you have to spend disbelief for the one that I found the most difficult 
Well, his, when the you know, cops had been there for maybe like an hour poking around taking photos, like, well, the lab boys got the results back and this stuff is 75 years old or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it or takes yeah, a, like it takes at least a day for the most basic blood tests, not something that specific. I don't but know. But also, whatever. yeah, you wouldn't even know the age of blood. Like you would not know the age of blood unless you had it to begin with. You, uh, like, would, you can't like date it. Like that's not how it works. Like why were they looking f- for, like, I guess maybe like if they know that time travel is involved, maybe they, they, the lab geeks decided to get, get wild and investigate cellular decay. Maybe. No, well, that's the thing because <laughs> if the cop knows that, he wouldn't ask why he thinks this is 75 years old. And the first thing the cop says is, oh, so what were you guys doing here? Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, he's like, or like, what are you like implying? Like, what, what are you working on? Like, he didn't know what was, what was being invented. So like the fact that the cop asked like, hey, this is weird. The boys brought it back. And, you know, even though it matches your friend, uh, this says it's 75 years old. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a head scratcher and walks away. And it's like, motherfucker, you are standing five feet in front of a fucking time machine. That is a, that is the simplest two plus two you could possibly get. Like, you're like, oh, so he went in that, died, and then aged 35 years. May I understand. This makes sense. Like, of yeah. course it fucking does. But that, so <sighs> we mentioned the part about, you know, we see them as kids uh, there's also a moment, and this is one of the confusing moments where we see them as kids, but then it jumps back even further um, a year or two previous to them still being the same age. And it's the moment when Ryan meets uh, the professor for the very first time. But it's very confusing because the kid looks exactly the same. His hair is the same. He dresses the same. He looks the same age. So when the fact that it jumps back this far, because mm-hmm. at the point we first see them as kids, they're already knee deep into science nerd club with Bill. They're already um, having birthday parties that are literally just the three of them, the old man and Ryan's mom. Right. <laughs> so like we already know that they're, they're, you know, they're, they've been in this for a while. So this jump really is very confusing and it's very jarring. Yeah. Um, and the moment we see, and this is another thing that happens that it's just like, what? So in the beginning of the movie, we see a religious nut, you know, yelling about how science is just Satan's playbook and blah, blah, blah. And he's mm-hmm. basically leading a protest for the time machine. This is the very beginning of the movie. And they bring up a reference to be like, oh, that's that's Abner, what's his dick? Um, he's the, uh, he's, you know, bully from school. <laughs> from, um, from the old money, what's his dicks? <laughs> no, that's the South End, what's his dicks? Um, so, uh, so we flash back and we see that Abner is a bully uh, to them. He like pretty much sexually assaults Kate as a fucking 13 year old. And it's very, very uncomfortable. It's gross. Um, he just like he gets her yeah. in like a, you know, a, a handlock or whatever and just like licks her face and like, God, it's gross. just, it's just one. It's very unbelievable of a kid bully to do something like that. Like it was like, it just felt wrong in so many aspects. Like it wasn't a bully. He wasn't bullying how a kid of his age you would see bully. And it was very uncomfortable. This, this really threw me in the movie because I was like, kids don't do say and do shit. Like, cause he's like, I got a present for you, baby. And he like licks her cheek. And I'm like, no fucking 13 year old is going to act like this. Like even the shittiest 13 year old I've ever encountered wouldn't even say things like this. Like that is not, that is not how this works. It did but, set up a great moment, though, for Nate to clock him upside the head with a tube before. 
Yes, which was great. So, uh, yeah, so we see that, you know, he's a bully and the whole spiel. And then later we get the moment where, you know, uh, Ryan is opening the present. He has the thing and uh, the bully comes up and, you know, uh, fucks him up. And Ryan gets so upset. He goes home. He gets his gun. He heads out and he goes to, you know, he's like, I've had enough. I'm going to go fucking shoot Abner. You know, remember, this is kid Ryan. Mm-hmm. And this is where he runs into Bill. Uh, who Bill is like, oh, hey, what what you doing, young man? And he's like, nothing. And he's like, why don't I walk you home? So now we're going to talk about the... So, okay, so that's the whole movie. And then it flashes back forward and we realize that the guy with the bomb from the beginning of the movie is Abner. He's <sighs> he's going to blow the place up. And, you know, eventually they take him down and, I don't know, the, the movie ends. And nothing really happens. Yeah. So that's the movie, but but wait, there's more. But there's wait. an entire other plot put into this movie that makes zero fucking sense at all. And it was a thousand percent the plot that I wanted when I signed up for this movie. Because it is the plot, it is literally what the description says and what the poster shows, but it holds zero weight the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie, little kid Ryan keeps seeing aliens. Mm-hmm. Just there's, fucking hanging around the, the world. There's, there's a great moment where Kate and Ryan are alone for the first time, and they're, they're walking, and they're having a sweet little teen you know, romance moment. Sure. Uh, it's super awkward. And then they go to turn down this alley, and then they just see these like pod-style eggs sitting there. And they're just like... Maybe we should cut through the park today. And yeah, maybe. And like, that's it. And then later on in the scene where he first meets Bill, uh, he walks by that same alley and there's two of them just like lurking behind trash cans, like nothing to see here. No one here but us elder gods. Don't worry. No soul sucking happening today. (laughs) And then they poke their heads out like, that's that's some good looking man flesh. (laughs) <laughs> right, and they kind of like start coming at him, and and Bill's like, "Hey, don't worry, they don't interact. They just like to, you know, they just like to observe us." And he's like, "Oh, you can see him too," and that's kind of the thing they bond on. Mm-hmm. But th- they don't make any sense. There's no point to them in the movie. And then in the end of the movie, <sighs> Ryan does actually travel through time to do fucking nothing for no purpose. He doesn't save Nate. He doesn't save his sister. He doesn't save his father. He literally just travels back to experience, to basically get to the point of where the bomber guy is. Kate ends up being in the room with the bomber dude and fucking dying. Mm-hmm. So like... Wait, and Nate, during his like crazed warning in Ryan's early childhood, says something like, "They're not just watchers. This is what they they do. They're trying to, you know, to to get the the portal so they can take over the Earth." And you know, of course, the thing is making Ryan forget all this, and so he doesn't remember Nate's warning. So like, there is there are elements of a really great. Like this was the you know the the beings from beyond plot all along was to like help you know guide these people to creating the portal that would bring them in and you know we've got the this you know advanced scout or whatever um, and you know they they use the you know via Bill via Caitlin uh, to Ryan they use that amulet thing to you know to fuck with his memory so he, like no one can stop him from doing that like 
lots of really interesting plot elements in there that mean nothing. They mean nothing because the invention of the time machine does nothing to benefit the aliens. We see nothing, no no end goal for the aliens. We don't learn one. We don't see one. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what is the fucking point? What is the point? Like there was so much like- They, there was like th- three or four elements in this movie that if they just would have picked one and ignored the rest, mm-hmm. this would have been a great movie. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. would have done really well. I mean, it needed better. It needed a better director and it needed a producer to like guide it. But th- any one of these elements, any one, just r- three friends invent a time machine. They go back in time. One, you know, one drunkenly tries to, you know, be the first human to do it. He accidentally gets sent back in time and, you know, uh, whatever helps uh, Ryan, you know, reset it so that, you know, it works properly or he can get back in time or whatever. I thought he was going to get sent back in time. We would find out that Bill was actually Nate from the future. I was like, that's a cool story where he goes back in time and he's like, oh, fuck, if I don't help them invent time travel i don't ever get sent back paradox i don't mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm. or whatever i'm like great that's a great plot line uh go with the religious nut like you could even add the religious nut in there as like uh this is the threat of the film or dive all into the fucking alien thing yeah and just be like aliens are the ones who fed him the idea for time travel like that's how he would have ever been to do it because they want to use it Nate goes back in time to try to stop Ryan from inventing time travel because he knows that it's it's going to help aliens in the future and ruin everything. You have plots there that are good. So one of the things that a lot of movies uh, get wrong is that they'll introduce characters and not give us a reason to care about them. And so like, just like, whatever, this is a throwaway. It doesn't matter. And, yeah. you know, it may be an important character, but... You know, we don't care about them. This movie takes it the opposite direction where it takes the the throwaway character of the religious terrorist who exists in and of themselves as like the kind of, you know, man versus society sort of conflict that uh, you could have had a place in in this movie. If the, the whole idea is like, you know, blowing, you know, blowing up the, the time machine uh, creates the, the rift that brings the aliens in. And meanwhile, it was this, uh, you know, religious fanatics, uh, you know, yeah, you know, fanatical drive to be be the one that brings about God's wrath on earth. Like, cool, okay, that can work, but we don't have to know Abner Rosen's childhood, and we don't have to like spend you know a quarter of the movie on what a shithead kid he was to like have him work as a you know a. a kind of more force of nature style prote- or antagonist in you know the end game of the movie. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like I don't fucking care about this guy and they only made it worse by introducing young Abner and showing us all the bully sequences. Cuz they don't yeah. like it's not even like, you know, his bullying made the kids, you know, the way they are today or like he really learned a lesson from her and did nothing. Nothing. Yeah, or like he was a part of them and then betrayed them or like a villain complex or something. It's literally Uh nothing. And we can prove uh, Caleb's point because this is literally what happens in the movie and in the book Contact Uh is Jake Busey is the religious nut that straps a bomb to himself. He goes into the space travel machine and blows it up. 
we don't fucking know his backstory. We never saw him as a kid, and we still are like, oh shit, this guy's bad. He did a bad thing. It mm-hmm. resulted in this. Now the story carries on. Yeah. Like we saw that exact plot happen. It literally is that this plot was like a, almost a basic ripoff of that whole uh, scene in, in Contact, um, which is a better <laughs> sci fi movie. The other thing that I have to nitpick is they make it a point to like have this whole sequence of them talking with uh, a like science journalist of some sort, uh, and you know they have the dean of the school who's talking, and they have Nate giving him the tour and being like the drunk rock star that he is, and telling him all about the you know the the power systems and like how much power it would take, and you know the reporters of course asking the questions like, well, aren't you worried about you know creating a rift in space time that unmakes the world? And, you know that that kind of sensationalism, right. uh, and. You know, they make a point of telling them about all the the, you know, the power that it would require, like just to do what they're doing now, and like how much exponentially more it would require to to actually, you know, unmake the world. And then they talk about the safety precautions of the chamber, how it's designed to sustain, you know, the force of a nuclear blast. And he even says, like, oh, nuclear blast—that's a great analogy. He writes that down for his for his uh, you know magazine piece. But then later on, when the um, the religious terrorist is locked in there with the bomb strapped to him and has Caitlin in there with him. Uh, Ryan tries to smash the glass with a chair. <laughs> with a fucking rolling office chair. And mind you, this is not even like a good, like high quality, sturdy, like modern office chair or anything like that. I mean, everything in this, this state of the art lab that they built with all of uh, Bill's fortune when he died and like, dedicated to you know to to his endeavors uh all of it still very much looks like a university wing built in you know 1973 and it's stocked with mostly like g4 imax yeah 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 (laughs) um yeah back off man (laughs) (laughs) also break this glass uh, with a fucking folding chair also Abner's entire torso is strapped with C4 and the machine is going when he blows it up, which, you know, they, they talk about, you know, it's built to you know, withstand the, the force of a nuclear explosion. So they assume that like any damage to this device is going to cause a major reaction. Caitlin dies, yes, which is dumb and doesn't need to happen because even that, like, isn't, like... It's not even that they fridged her so that Ryan could become the man that he was always supposed to be. They just killed her. Yeah, and she doesn't even act as a martyr or anything. Like, it's so senseless. But when they do that, like, she should have been absolutely blown to pieces, but just kind of, like, has, you know, blood on the side of her face and dies. Very gracefully. Yeah. Hair still intact. Give me something believable. I want to like this movie. (sighs) So that is Intersect. Uh, Should you watch this movie... I can't, no, I can't recommend this movie. If it were, I, I can't. If it were like a half an hour shorter, I would say, you know, sure, it's give it a go. It's two fucking hours long, dude. It's That's two the hours, other part. which it's so long. A two hour movie that is well written and paced and like de- delivers on what it promises, sure, give it to me. Yeah, I'll take an even longer movie. Uh, but a two hour movie that includes like five different plot lines that didn't need to be there, no. Give me a 20 minute short of this and I'll be good. None of them even did, none of the plots even did anything. That's the worst part about this is that Mm -hmm. the plots don't even go anywhere. They don't (laughs) go anywhere. None of them lead to a place where you're like, ah, cool. 
The and jokes it, are know, made up and the plots don't matter. <laughs> that's the, the line <laughs> of our whole show. But so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, movies don't have to resolve. Like, I'm fine with movies kind of like being left up in the air and you being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But like, it was like if I started telling you a story. But I got to the point where I was like, once upon a time, there was this princess and a dragon. And then, and then I just walked away. You wouldn't be like, oh, cool. I can figure it out. No, you're like, what the, you didn't even tell me anything. <laughs> it's so masterful the way he leaves like, out the, the key details and makes you figure it out on your own. It really, <laughs> right. really brings the audience into the story. No, fuck you. Yeah, it was, it was bad. This this movie was a very poor attempt at uh, trying to make an artsy, clever time travel movie, but spent too much time doing, trying to do too much. And the yeah. other thing about this, and this is something I've mentioned many times on this podcast, you can always tell when it's a bad movie is if the director or the camera person or whatever does far too many close-up shots for no reason. There were so many close-up shots of people's faces or hands. It just, every time I see a super close-up in a movie, I'm like, this is a bad movie, period. Well, and they, I'm always right. <laughs> it's like everything was a Chekhov object, too. The actual yeah. gun was a Chekhov object. Because yeah. when he um, pulls it out because he's going to go hunt down Abner, he's going to kill Abner, they do. They make it a point to focus on the barrel of the gun. We see a little spot of blood on it, and then when we flash back to when he kills Nate, presumably that's when the blood splashes on it. Right, and then but then they never explain it, and it's just nope. It's pretty terrible. Mm. Uh, uh, so yeah. So that being said, if you guys already watched this movie, I'm sorry, but at least you shared in our frustration together as we described this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and as always, if you have thoughts about this movie, let us know. Actually, we have a Discord channel. Uh, it's linked down below. Pop into the Discord and tell us what you thought of this movie. We would love to talk more uh, about how how bad this movie was. Maybe you have. Maybe you saw something different and you want to bring it up. Tell us in that Discord channel. But of course, if if you have anything else you want to say, Caleb, how else can people get a hold of us? Well, you're certainly uh, encouraged and welcome, of course, to navigate over to thenohoit.com. That's T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com, uh, where, of course, we post our uh, schedule of upcoming episodes for the month. You'll get to see uh, where all the very mostly Huluween uh, is uh, is taking place this month. Uh, we'll have uh, links to where you can find these streaming if available. Uh, as I said, most of them should be on Hulu. And uh, you know we'll we'll be ending it on Tubi, uh, but we'll also have links to trailers and some brief descriptions so you can kind of get a sense of you know do you want to watch this movie ahead of time? You just want to wait to hear us talk about it. But if there's a movie that you specifically want to request that we talk about, we've got a uh, a contact form just below that. You can fill it out, shoot us an email, and uh, we'll add it to the list. We've got some great ones that are that are pending. Uh, and of course, uh, people will sometimes still ping us on social media. Uh, as Michael has said in the past, we get uh, pings with with trailers like "Dude, you should watch this" stuff like that. Feel free to hit us up there at the Nahoy Podcast, of course, on on Twitter and Instagram. And if you also happen to be one of my professional colleagues who just likes to drop things in the various uh, forums that we we participate in, uh, as my friend Adam did with the the movie that we're closing out the month of October, please do that as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there are tons of options for you to not only tell us about the movie we just watched, movies we have watched, or movies we should watch. There are lots of different ways. Um, and we look forward to all of them. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the movie Willy's Wonderland, <laughs> which we are so fucking excited for. So that's going to be really fun to talk about. Uh, so we will see you guys next time. father's tragic past hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse a cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism a woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend this is the storyteller series a night shift radio original every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama we publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.